we believe. If you're wondering what we believe here at Riverside, we believe that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem in Judea. We believe that he lived a sinless life, that he never did a thing wrong, that he proved himself throughout his life to be a a person uh, that performed miracles, wonders, and signs, that it was that by those wonders and signs, he proved himself to be none other than the Son of God. We believe that Jesus, he died on the cross. He gave his life, his sinless life, as a sacrifice for our sins. We believe that he was laid in a tomb, that he battled hellish things on our behalf. And then on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And we believe that Jesus Christ is alive and alive forevermore. We serve a risen Savior today. And we are thrilled that you are here with us on this Easter day. And, um, and we are thrilled to share this good news that Jesus Christ is alive and risen from the dead. You know, back in January, um, we were sitting around and we were talking about this day. We were talking and wondering what kind of service we would put on um, that um, would be one that would represent the day, day well. And, um, and, you know, after all, um, today is one of the biggest crowd days in the church's calendar. Uh, they say that there's more people come out at Easter than come out at Christmas. Uh, and so it, it's one of the days of the year as far as having crowds come to church. Right across the city, churches are packed today with people who have come out because it's Easter. Now, I, I don't know whether you know, but that puts an enormous pressure on preachers. Because now I've been given the task to not only talk to you this morning, but to see if I can give you a wow service so that you'll come back next week. Um, (laughs) You see, everyone expects that we will wow the crowd so that they come back, not only in the next weeks, but in the next months and in the next years and into the future. So we sweat and we plan and we pray like crazy to come up with a program that will wow you enough to come back next week. Because today um, we are seeing those who turn out to church and they believe in Jesus, but the fact is that at the moment they are fans and not followers. You see, I'm told that 80% of Americans believe in God. I'm told that. And and, and that many of them believe in Jesus. Uh, But um, the fact is that they come out at Easter, and you may be one of them, that you're here today and um, you've you've come not because of Jesus, really. Um, Maybe it's just a traditional thing for you that you... You feel you have to do the religious thing on Easter Sunday or, or maybe you're here today and you're not here for yourself. You're here because someone is getting baptized and you wanted to see your son, daughter or aunt or uncle or cousin, whatever it is, be baptized. And, and so you decided to come out to church. You may be here today because Aunt Sue invited you out and she's going to pay for your lunch afterwards. So it's worth the church. 
just to get out to lunch afterwards. So now I'm given the job to wow you so that you come back. Well, you know, as I thought and prayed about this, I realized this. You don't need me to wow you. You need me to tell you the truth. Okay. See, in a world that is standing on the precipice of financial meltdown, don't get fooled by low gas prices, the world stands on the pinnacle of financial meltdown. In a world that is taken up with terror threats and with ISIS kind of people that are killing people around the world and especially killing Christians around the world. We, we live in a world that is under threat from such things as Ebola attacks and breakouts. In America, if, if the truth were known, in America, uh, the fact is that we are still racked with prejudice and injustice and violence and riots could break out on our streets at any time as has been proven over the last year. You don't need me to wow you. You need me to tell you the truth. You need me to tell you that wars and terror and violence and earthquakes and deadly storms and climate change are all signs that Jesus Christ is coming back to planet Earth. You need me to tell you that. You need me to tell you that these things are just signs that the earth as we have known it is about to come to an end and it's time for every one of us to prepare to meet God. Well, I, I thought about this and I, and I went back to the scriptures and I looked at the times when Jesus had crowds around him. And, and what I found out was that Jesus never tried to wow a crowd. Or you go back through the scriptures and you read it and you'll find that. He never tried to wow a crowd. The fact was, you know, when you look at Easter, you remember back to Palm Sunday, which is just one week ago, we celebrated Palm Sunday, which was a day when crowds surrounded Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey's back and they put palm leaves down and now they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the King. Hosanna to the king. And they cried out that this is the new king of Israel. And yet just seven days later, they were crying out for him to be crucified. And those who had said Hosanna were now saying, crucify him, crucify him. See, the fact is this morning that Jesus knew that crowds can be fickle that, that it can be that they, they just follow when you're winning, but they've gone when things are not going right. That, that it is that fans, they can change in a matter of moments and, 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 and followers are totally different. See, not all the people that were in the crowd on that Palm Sunday were fans. There were those who were followers. People like Mary Magdalene, she was one of the disciples following Jesus. Oh yeah, you need to know, men, that Jesus not only had men who were disciples, he had women who were disciples, and all the ladies said, Amen. Yeah. And Mary Magdalene was, 
one heroic kind of woman. She was one that had fallen in love with Jesus. Oh, you need to know her life was a life of evil. She was taken up in some evil stuff, even to the extent that Jesus, when he met her, he had to cast demons out of her. She was so racked with evil and going in a way that was opposite to the ways of God. And, and, and Jesus had to cast these demons out. But in that day, she fell in love with Jesus. She, her life was transformed in a moment. She now began to follow him. In fact, the Bible says she left everything to follow him. She was actually one person that followed him all the way to the cross and never deserted him. Most of the disciples had deserted him, but she was at the foot of the cross as he was hanging there. She was, she was one that was there with a few others that took him down from the cross and wrapped his clothes, uh, wrapped him in, in uh, the uh, bands of uh, the death clothes, and she was one that laid him in the tomb. She was there as they rolled the stone against the tomb, she saw it all. She wouldn't go from where Jesus was. And, and you know, on that first Easter day, she was one of the first that arrived at the tomb to find that the stone had been rolled away. She was one of the first to find out that Jesus Christ, who was dead and had been dead three days, three nights, had risen from the dead. She was there. She was one of the first that he spoke to after she was, he was raised from the dead. See, Jesus believed that if you were a follower, you were serious about knowing God. If you were a follower, it was different from being a fan. The fact was that Jesus believed this, that um, if you were a follower, he wouldn't have to come hunting you down, you'd be hunting him down. And the fact is that Jesus... He says, if you're a follower, you want as much as me as you can get. See, Jesus believed that. I believe that it really shocked Jesus when he came to earth to find that people were not lining up to know his Father God. It shocked him that there weren't people that were ready to leave everything and follow him. He was shocked that there weren't people who were saying, you mean I can have my sins forgiven and I can get to talk to God personally on a daily basis? You mean that that can really happen? He was shocked that there weren't people saying, you mean that I can be loved by God and be known as a child of God? You mean I can get to serve him for the rest of my days and know his presence in my life? Do you, mean, do you mean that I can, I can get to know him in such a way that now I want the world to know him? I want my family to know him. I want my friends to know him. I want my neighbors to know him. You, you, mean, you mean that it can be that now I, I, I not only get to walk with God on earth, that one day I'll walk with God in heaven. He, he says, uh, Jesus is looking and, and he's amazed that people are not lining up for this amazing love and amazing grace of God. See, Jesus felt that way because he lived for only one thing. He lived for the glory of his Father God. By this I mean his whole life was lost in doing what his Father wanted him to do. He only had one vision for his life. It was to do God's will on earth 
The fact was that Jesus came to do the will of the Father. And in fact, when he knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane, and when it was that um, he was there, now knowing that he was going to be taken and he was going to be placed into wicked hands, he now prays the prayer and he says, not my will, your will be done. I want to do your will, God. I want you to do your will, Father. See, to be honest, Jesus is not looking for people who just turn up for special days. We're told that most people come out at Christmas and Easter. We call them Christers. <laughs> Jesus is not looking for people who only want him as an emergency room. When things go wrong, we'll run to Jesus. When my finances are not right, we'll run to Jesus. No, no, he's not looking for people like that. He, 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 he's not looking for people who believe that it will all come right in the end. Well, we're all going to heaven in the end anyway. It'll all come right in the end. We'll all go to heaven. We'll all be going to heaven. Just because I've been born in Christian America, I'll get to heaven. That is a load of garbage, friends. It's not the truth. Uh, the truth, uh, it, the fact is this, it is simply not the truth. You know, I, I've got a friend who loves chicken nuggets. And um, I've been trying to convince him of how bad for him chicken nuggets are. And now I'm, I'm losing some people who love chicken nuggets. But, uh, and, and when I talk to him, he, he has the habit of going, la, 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 la. He doesn't want to hear about how bad they are for him. I even showed him this picture to show him what chicken nuggets look like as they're being made. Those are your chicken nuggets. Do you know what he does? He covers his eyes. See... He doesn't want to know the truth. He loves his chicken nuggets and I'm not going to put, it, put him off them. Never mind how much I try or say or do. He just doesn't want the truth. All he wants is his chicken nuggets. <laughs> don't know how many of you saw the film, A Few Good Men, when a young Tom Cruise plays a lawyer interrogating a colonel that's played by Jack Nicholson. And the interrogation gets heated and the young lawyer shouts, I just want the truth. And the colonel looks back at him and says, you want the truth? You couldn't handle the truth. And see, there are many people here this Easter. And there are many people who believe in Jesus at Easter. It is like I said, 80% of Americans believe in Jesus, but the, the majority of Americans cannot handle the truth. See, the fact is this, friends, whether you like it or not, Jesus is the only way to God. He is the truth and he is the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. And Jesus is not a historical religious figure. He is a very real, up-to-date, today kind of figure. But the majority of people, they cover their ears and cover their eyes because they don't want to know the truth. I want to re believe in a religious Jesus, but I don't want to believe in a personal Jesus. 
I I, want to believe. I want to believe that we'll all go to heaven one day. I don't want to believe. I don't want to know about going to hell if I don't know Jesus as my Savior. And I don't know my sins are forgiven. I I don't want to know that. So they cover their ears and they cover their eyes and they say, we don't want the truth. But the Bible says only the truth will set you free. Well, there was another crowd on another day. Let Let me read this scripture to you very quickly. It's in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. It says, Now a great multitude, crowds, went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, now, I, I, I want you to note what he was saying there. He was saying simply this, that Jesus Christ must be the center of our life if we are going to know eternal life. If we're going to get to heaven one day, not only that, if we're going to have a better life on earth. Now, I didn't say a problem-free life on earth, but if we're going to have a life on earth where we know we're never alone and that he's always there and he never lets us down and he never fails and he never will go away. If you want a life like that, you need to surrender that life to Jesus Christ. And he was saying, I need you to love me more than your family. I need you to love me more than your wife and your children, your brothers and sisters, and even I need you to love me more than your own life. I just imagine the disciples, and they would say, oh, here he goes again. We're never going to get this crowd back next week. <laughs> and and, 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 and I, I believe that they would be running around and saying, well, well no, 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 no. He didn't mean that about your children. He, he, he knows that you've got an honest student sticker on your car. No, no, no. You're okay. Don't get too worried. And, and, and he's not talking to Peoria people. He's talking about third world country people that need to surrender to No, no, don't take this too serious. But Jesus was serious. He says, I'm not looking for fans. I'm looking for fully committed followers. I'm looking for people who will give their lives totally to me. People who will leave all and follow me. People who will follow me and put my Father's will for their lives before their own will for their lives. And will follow him wherever he leads. See, here's the truth. Hey, listen. Listen. Here's the truth this morning. He's not looking for crowds. He's looking for you. Whoever you are, and you know who you are, right now something inside of you is saying, he's talking to me. And Jesus is talking to you. There's something inside of you that longs for more of God. There's something inside of you that feels that you want to know more of God the Father, that you want to know Jesus Christ the Son, that it is that you want Easter to be real to you, not just a religious thing. You want to have Easter every day. Because I want to tell you something about Christians. They have Easter every day. Jesus is risen every day. He's alive. You don't mind. You don't mind the fact that now you have to be a little vulnerable. And you say, yes, I have to admit that I've kept Jesus Christ out of my life. The greatest sin you'll ever commit and the sin that will take you to hell is that Jesus Christ has been kept out of your life and that you've lived your life without him. Oh yeah, you've had a religious Jesus, but you've never known him personally. 
And the fact is, the fact is he wants to come and live on the inside. And you have to get vulnerable and say, yes, I have sinned and I need my sins forgiven. I need to get my life right with God. Get to a place where you say, I don't mind what it costs and what it's going to take. I just need a brand new start. I need Jesus Christ at the center of my life. Now, let me just tell you about one more crowd that met in the Bible. You'll read about it in Acts chapter 2. I'll tell you what had happened. Jesus died on the cross, and then he was risen from the dead, conquering death, and seen by over 500 people after he had been raised from the dead. And now the disciples had actually witnessed him be on a mountainside teaching them, and suddenly he was caught up into heaven. We call it the ascension. He was now caught up into the clouds to now go back to be with the Father. He had told the disciples to go to an upper room in Jerusalem and to wait there until they get power to be able to now take the message of Jesus around the world. And so they waited in an upper room. You'll read about it in Acts chapter 2. And suddenly the place was shaken by a violent wind. And there now it, it was that power came into their lives that they'd never experienced before. They found an excitement in Jesus Christ. They realized that although they were scared and timid, suddenly they were now ready to take on the world with the message of Jesus Christ. And they spilled out onto the streets. And as they spilled out onto the streets... The crowds that were in the streets that day, they looked at them and they gathered round them and they said, they're drunk. And they said, we can't be drunk, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. And then they began to tell them about Jesus. They began to tell the crowds. They said, you crucified the Son of God. And listen, friends, whoever you are here this morning, I need you to know this. You and I are responsible for the death of Jesus Christ. My sins, your sins, nailed him to the cross. That sin, that sin needs forgiving. And the fact is that the crowd listened and they got so convicted in their hearts, they said, what are we going to do? And Peter, one of these disciples, he stood up and he said this. He said, you need to be sorry for your sins. You need to be sorry for rejecting Jesus. And you need to ask him to forgive your sins. And you need to make him the king of your life. And then he said, and then he said this, which totally blew their minds. He says, then you need to be baptized. And when they heard that word, they knew what he was talking about. It wasn't a case of just getting wet. Because anyone who got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ were now lining themselves up as a follower of Jesus Christ. They're no longer fans. They're followers of Jesus Christ. Back in those days, it meant that now they would risk being nailed to a cross like Jesus was that they would risk now being thrown to the lions in the Colosseums that they had there. And they just made sport with Christians. And they knew Christians wouldn't fight back. And they would throw them into uh, fighting with men that would now rip their bodies apart. And Christians, when they got baptized, they were saying, whatever the cost, whatever it means, we are no longer fans of Jesus. We are followers of Jesus Christ. Whether it be by life or death, we are following Jesus Christ. 
You know, friends, I, I listened to the news, I think it was yesterday, and it was saying about these two women that had been caught, and they'd been taken in by the propaganda of ISIS, and now they were ready to die for the cause of ISIS. And they were ready to strap bombs to their bodies and go into somewhere in America and, and blow it up, taking their own life and killing as many as they could. You know, that's one of the most selfish things that they do. They make heroes out of them. It's the most selfish thing that anyone could do. But listen, my heart was this. Oh God, this Easter, will you draw people out of the crowd that will say, I'm no longer a fan of Jesus, I'm a follower, that will not strap bombs on their body to go and represent Jesus, but they'll strap the love of God on their bodies. They'll strap Jesus on their bodies. And they say, whether by life or death, we're going to serve Jesus Christ. See, the fact is this. In a few minutes, there are 22, 23 people that are going to get baptized. Oh, they're not, they're not fans, they're followers. They were fans, but now they become followers. Some of them were enemies of God, actually, but Jesus rescued them anyway. And, and the fact is that today, when they are getting baptized, this is what they're saying. They're saying, Jesus died on the cross, and we've died to our past. See, when you come to Jesus, that's what happens. When you come to Jesus, he forgives you. You know, there's a little theological word that we use. It's, it's the word justified. And it means that I come to Jesus as a sinner, but he justifies me. What does that mean, John? It means that he makes me just as if I'd never sinned. Wow. Now, these people who get him baptized, they said, we've died to the past. When we go under the water of baptism, we're representing Jesus being put into the tomb. And we are burying the past. And when we come up out of the water, we are being resurrected to a new life. And what we've done, friends, we've put the baptistry in the tomb. The door will open in a moment. And we've put the baptistry in the tomb. So when they walk out, they're walking out of the tomb just like Jesus did. They're walking into a brand new life. Now let me finish with this. There's many of you here today, and you know you are, you know you are. You need to make your mind up about Jesus Christ. Or you need to settle it. You've got to get out of the religious game and get into the follower game. You've got to become a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm challenging you to today admit the fact that you are a sinner. To admit the fact that you need your sins forgiven and you need to be made just as if I'd never sinned. You need a brand new start. You need to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you to be the king of my life. I want you to be the boss. I want you to be in charge. I want you to be the one that will take me into the future. I want you to lead me into the future. And you need to get real on that and put it right. Some of you are getting older. 
And you're going to be out of this life before you know it. And you still haven't got your life right with God. It's time to get real and get your life right with God. Some of you here, there are some of you here that are thinking, I'm too young for this. Hey, I've, I've taken a walk through a cemetery and I've seen big graves and I've seen small graves. And the fact is, you have no guarantee of tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow could be too late. You need to get your life right with Jesus. So here's my challenge. No heads bowed, no closing eyes. If you're here today and you say, John, I'm the one you're talking to. I need to get my life right with God. I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I need him to forgive my past and give me a brand new start. Those of you who are being baptized, I'm so proud of you this morning. In fact, if you're in the congregation now and you're getting baptized, I want you to go where they told you to go and just get ready to be baptized. Look at this. Fantastic. Twenty-seven in the first service, I think twenty-five in this service. And um, listen, here's my challenge. These people were in a service just like you. They heard the message of Jesus and they decide, I'm no longer a fan, I'm a follower. I'm leaving being a fan and I'm going to be a follower. Now, I want to ask you, how many are out here right now and you say, John, this morning God spoke to my heart. You may have been using your voice, but God is the one who's been speaking to my heart. I need to get my life right with God right now. I need Jesus to forgive me right now. I need a brand new start right now. I want you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you. Is there one? Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you down the front. Is there any in the balcony? I see you right at the back of the balcony. I see you. I see you there. I see you two right up there. Yeah, over here. Great family. God bless you. I'm looking under the balcony right now. Is there anyone in the, under the balcony? Raise your hand. You say, yeah, I need to get my life right. And I see others over here that are saying yes to Jesus. I, I want us all to do this. I want us to stand right now, if you will. Just stand where you are. And... Um, and we're all going to pray. Now, now, when you pray it, you may not be believing it. But those who raised your hands, I want you to really believe what you're praying is now talking to Jesus and that you are going to be forgiven of every sin that you've ever committed and the major sin that you committed, which was that you rejected Jesus Christ right up until today. And now you're becoming, you're becoming a follower and not a fan. So if you raised your hand earlier when I asked you to, just put your hand right up right now, if you will. Just put your hand right up. If you raised your hand, just put it right up. And and I want everyone to help them to pray this prayer. I want everyone to pray. Dear Jesus, I know I don't deserve forgiveness, but I come to you. I've been a fan of yours But now I want to be a follower. I ask you to forgive my past. Take away my sin. 
make me brand new today. I will follow you for the rest of my days. I surrender my life to you. I want your will to be done in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that in that you were asking Jesus to do all those things, here's the answer that's just coming from heaven. It's yes, yes, I will forgive you. Yes, I will give you a brand new start. Now, I've got a further challenge to those who raise their hands and anyone else here that says, I need to commit my life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've got to recommit your life to Him. And you have to, you're saying, I'm going to follow Him from today. Well, here's my challenge. If you raise your hand, I want you not only to have prayed that prayer, I'm challenging you now to get baptized right now. I, I want you. And you're saying, you're saying, well, I, I haven't got clothes to be baptized in. You have, you're wearing them. All right, listen, listen. I, I think they may give you a shirt to put on, but we've got no other clothes for you. If you're going to get baptized, you get baptized in your Easter best and you go home wet. All right? Now, I'm asking you, is there anyone here that says, I need to be baptized? Not only these guys that have been baptized, I need to be baptized. I want you to make your move now. I want you to make your move. Just come down the front and we'll give you directions. Yeah? God bless you. A little child will lead him. Anyone else? Yes. God bless you. Just go through that door, they'll direct you. Yes. Yeah. Anyone else? Yes. People deciding I'm going to be a fan no longer. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Is there anyone else? You're saying, yes, Jesus, from today, I'm going to follow you. So we're going to baptize these wonderful people. This is what I want you to do, friends. As they come out through that tomb, they're coming out to a brand new life. I want you to greet them, shouting, clapping. You know, you say, how are we going to see them baptized? Just watch the screens. You'll see them being baptized on the screens. And then you'll see them come out through the tomb into a brand new life. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless.